You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit harvestyorkregion.ca. All right, let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to Exodus chapter 20 again. Exodus chapter 20 as we uh, continue in our series, The Ten Commandments. This uh, week's message is entitled, The Name. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Let me say it this way. Harvest, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Oh my God. Oh Lord, Jesus Christ, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Those are words, all of them, that can be said in a derogatory, negative, hurtful, dishonoring to God way. Or as we watch our mouth, all of those words Oh my Lord, oh my God, Jesus Christ can be said in a way that lifts up the name, that focuses on the glory of God. So today, church, watch your mouth. Today's message is not about harsh words or coarse language. The, the Bible talks about that. That's a, that's a message for another day. Um, That's not what the message is about today. That's not what the commandment is about. It's not talking about the words that people use on the street. It's talking about the name of the Lord. And we want to focus on that and how serious it is and how misusing it, the consequences that, that go with it. It's found right in the middle of the Ten Commandments. So you got your Bibles open. Let's stand. We want to honor God as we read his word. As I read Exodus 20, starting at verse 1. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation to those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. 
You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of the lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and they trembled and they stood afar off and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. And Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you that, that the fear of him may be before you and that you may not sin. And the people stood afar off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Let's pray. Lord, once again, we uh, hold in our hands your precious word, uh, given to us, passed down, protected. Lord, so we would have this word to be instructed from, to learn from, to respond to. And as we take a look today at, at this commandment, Lord, we pray that you would give us ears to hear, Father. We might think, well, this doesn't have anything to do with me. Really? Help us, Father, to have an open heart, an open mind to hear. Minds, God, that we would understand. And then, God, passionate hearts to respond to your spirit working in us in this place. For the one who's here today, who does not know or understand the working of Jesus Christ, would this be the day, would this be the day they bow in repentance and faith and trust Jesus Christ the Lord. So go before us and be our strength. Encourage our hearts through the power of your spirit in the working of your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can take your seats. Well, what's in a name anyways? You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Uh, we all have a name. Um, the name means different things. I would say a name, three things I just thought about this week as I was uh, kind of contemplating some of this. Um, it speaks of our identity. Uh, someone says Paul. There's only a certain number of people in the room who even would look up to that. Um, so it speaks of our identity. It, it can speak of our heritage. Um, you know, you think of the Rockefellers and names like that, and you, you think of heritage. Um, when you uh, think of names, it, it can sometimes speak of our standing. But really, it's like how we, are I, how we are identified. If I said certain names, certain things will come to your mind. They might be negative things. They might be positive things. Um, when I say the name Obama... Immediately, something comes to your mind. It might just be that he's the president of the United States. It might be you like his politics or don't like his politics. It, but something comes to your mind. When I say um, Harper, uh, something comes to your mind. Most of you in the room will realize that he is the prime minister of our country. And, uh, but something comes to your mind as soon as I, I say that name. If I say the name Trudeau, you think of one of two Trudeaus based on how old you are. If you're over 40, you think of Pierre Elliott Trudeau. And if you're under 40, you think of his son who's running to be the leader of the Liberal Party. Um, in the uh, sports world, if I use some names, if I said Gretzky, all the hockey fans know exactly who that is. And you have things that you think about him, the great one, or his number when he played for the Oilers, or whatever it is. If you're a basketball nut, and I say LeBron, 
Um, certain things come to your mind. I wish he stayed in Miami or glad he came to Cleveland or wish he would just disappear off of the face of the earth. But you, things come to your mind as, as you hear names. You hear the name Elvis or Mother Teresa or Hitler or Steve Jobs or Billy Graham. When you hear all of those names, things come to your mind because names are important. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, your name is important. When people hear your name, what do they think of? See, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 1, it says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. In Ecclesiastes 7, 1, it says, A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of birth. Your name is important. But God's name trumps all of those things. Don't use the name of the Lord your God in vain. I went through the book of uh, Psalms and I went through the Psalms and then one uh, reference from the Proverbs, just picking out some verses about the name and why it's so critical when we think about God. Here they are. Psalm 9.2 says, I will be glad and exalt you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Psalm 20 and verse 7 says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Psalm 29, 1 and 2 says, Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Psalm 33, 21 says, For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Psalm 34, 3 says, O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Psalm 72, 17 says, may, uh, may his name endure forever, his fame continuing as long as the sun. May people be blessed in him. All nations call him blessed. Psalm 99, 3 says, let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. Psalm 119, 55 says, I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. Psalm 124.8 says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Hey, Harvest, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. We take the name of the Lord in vain. God's glory comes under attack. Uh, the people that were uh, reading this at first and hearing it at first and the, and the generations that followed, they were afraid to even say the name. Uh, they wouldn't even write it down. They would write it down, but they would lead the, the vowels out they would, because they were afraid it doesn't say don't use the name. It says don't use it in vain. Now all of us live in a world where the Lord's name is used in vain all of the time. All of the time. Um, and in your workplace, it 
It's difficult to get away from that. And you might even get to the place where you're talking to a, a coworker and you can ask them to, could you please not do that? Like that name is very significant to me. It's very important to me. And I just would really prefer you didn't do it. But, but that's what the world does. They don't understand what's going on here. They don't understand the significance of what's being said. They will. One day we all will. But they don't. But my message today is not really for them. My message today is for us. Because I hear Christians do it all the time. Taking the Lord's name and using it in vain. You hear lots of, oh my Lord, or oh God, or oh my God, or God help us in the church. When the thrust and when the purpose and when the vision and when the passion is not to bring glory to God. And I think we need to be very careful because I think we take the Lord's name in vain often in our own lives. And the warning is for us, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. It's not a suggestion. It's not a please don't do this. It's, it's a bottom line. Stop it. Don't do it. So how do we do it? How could we find ourselves guilty of this? I think we can find ourselves guilty of it when we take God's name and we use it frivolously. We're not careful. Now, this is a world illustration of it, but my understanding is that in the Stouffville flea market, there's a booth there that sells furniture, and it's OMG furniture. Um, oh, my God, Furniture. I think they do that because it's like, you're going to go in there, you're going to get such an amazing deal that that's what you're going to say with the deal that you get. But I hear people in the church say that. I hear people say that without a, a reverence and a passion and a frivolous... We use God's name in idle talk, just carelessly, carelessly using it, throwing it in wherever we think it might fit or don't even think about it. And because we're so overwhelmed with it and hear it every day in our lives, in the workplace, it becomes part of our vocabulary. And we find ourselves using this word in an idle way. You shall not, you shall not Take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Perhaps we're even guilty sometimes of using it in a hypocritic way. Saying one thing and living or being another. In the world, you will hear uh, people say, I swear on my mother's grave. Or I swear on my grandmother's grave. Or I swear by God. I like the cops show. Uh, forgive me for that if you don't, but I just like it. And, uh, but I hear people, they say that all the time. They get pulled over, they got their handcuffs on, they're caught red-handed, and, and you hear them say that all the time. I swear on my mother's grave. I swear on my father's grave. I, I swear by the name of God. And then all the time, the next words that come out of their mouth is a lie. And somehow by invoking these words, 
The policeman is just supposed to accept that what they're about to say is true. It's frivolous. It's idle. It's hypocritical. But have we been even guilty of that in our lives? And we ramp up the name of God as a cover-up for something that we want to do or a way we want to live or we can be hypocritical in the way we use the name. We can be disrespectful in the name we use, the way we use the name. Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Disrespect. A deceptive oath. Taking an oath in the name of God and then not doing it. Or, or using the name in profanity. I would hope as a follower of Jesus Christ you're past that. And we're more onto the sloppy thinking and sloppy talk. And See for these people this was not just about don't use God's name as a cuss word. It was about the promises you make. You're going to come under those based on these kind of claims that you make. And we want to be so careful that we don't use God's name in a profane way. We want to be careful that we don't blaspheme God when we talk. To blaspheme means to spurn or to despise or to abhor or to speak evil. Watch your mouth when you talk about your God. In Psalm 74, 10, it says, How long, O God, is the foe to scoff or the enemy to revile or blaspheme your name forever? I can't talk about blasphemy and not go off on just a little bit of a tangent for a minute today and, and talk about something that people um, wonder about a lot. It's the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And um, so I want to take a minute and talk about that. So, again, that's a message for another day, but... Um, in, in Matthew chapter 12, take your Bibles, keep your finger in Exodus 20 and, and go over to Matthew chapter 12. And starting at verse 22, it says, And then a demon oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him and he healed him so that the man spoke and saw. Amazing. And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if by the spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless the, he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven. But the blasphemy against the Spirit will never be forgiven. A lot of people, a lot of Christians wonder, oh, have I committed that sin? 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 I don't believe Christians can commit that sin. As a matter of fact, I don't believe that sin can be committed today. We're big about context, context, context around this place. Put it in its context and understand it in its context. You have Jesus standing in the room. He just does a miracle. And they say, 
You are Satan. There are lots of things that God does. There's lots of works that God does. There's ways that we blaspheme him today, but we can't do that. Jesus isn't physically in the room. God himself is not standing here doing a work and you're saying that's Satan. See, there is no forgiveness for that. When you ascribe to God that he is Satan, there's no more forgiveness for that. But you can't do that today because he's not here physically in the room doing the work. And so, dear ones, you don't have to fear, have I committed the unforgivable sin? The only sin, if you want to talk about an unforgivable sin to which there will not be forgiveness, will be the revelation of Jesus Christ to you and your rejection of him. And one day you will stand before God and he will say, I never knew you. But we could blaspheme him. And even in Matthew, it's very clear. He says, therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. Watch your mouth because the way we talk reveals your heart. See, I don't really believe that this text is even so much about the words, although it is. It's about the heart that's behind the words. Don't build an idol. God on the mantle we looked at last week isn't so much about those things, but about the way you view God. And you put him in a box and you bring him down to your level and you want God the way you want him to be. And these words, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain, are about the revealer of your heart and how you feel about God and what you are saying about him. What comes out of a man is what defiles him. It says in Mark chapter 7, verse 20. But our desire, our passion, our uh, love as followers of Jesus Christ is not to be people of God who attack God's glory, but rather we would be people of God who ascribe to God glory. Don't be afraid to use his name, but be careful how you use his name so that we use it to ascribe to God the glory he deserves. In uh, 1 Chronicles 16, 28 to 30, it says, Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the people. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory do his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. So guard your mouth. And when you talk about God, always make it your goal. Always make it your passion. Always make it, here's what I'm going after. I'm going after that God gets the glory. You can do that by the way you respect him and fear him and show reverence to him in the way that you talk. God is in heaven. You are on earth. 
Let your words be few, the Bible says. Respect him. Fear him. Show reverence to him. Don't allow your talk about God to be flippant. But whenever you invoke the name of God or the name of Jesus Christ, make it your passion, make it your heart. Guard your heart that it's used in a way that lifts up the Lord and brings him glory. God's name um, distinguishes who he is. And we need to use his name understanding that. God's name shows his character. It shows that he is a God of love and he is a, a God of mercy and he is a God of truth and he is a God of justice. And when we use his name, we're seeking to demonstrate those things. It distinguishes who God is. Using God's name shows your understanding of him. It's an indicator of what you believe. You use God's name because he is the savior. Use God's name because he is the creator. Use God's name because he is the sustainer. It, all of those things are the things that the expression of what you understand about God and who he is and what he has done for us. Don't use the Lord's name in vain, but ascribe to the Lord the glory that's due his name. His name declares his power. God who is the omnipotent one and the omniscient one and the omnipresent one. Be careful how you use his name. We use his name to honor him, to praise, to celebrate. Because the way we use his name to ascribe glory, it reveals your heart. It reveals your heart. Look what the last part of the verse says in verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Why? Because it attacks his glory. But rather we want to ascribe glory to God. But look at the last part. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Guilty. Guilty. Is, is, is that what would go after your name if people were to take apart and think about the things and talk to you about the things you've said in the last week where because of the situation you find yourself in, you're in the workplace and you're hearing it all the time and, and you're tired of fighting it anymore and, and you've just kind of joined the bandwagon when you're at, at work that you would be found guilty the verse says, you will not be found guiltless who takes the Lord's name in vain. Or maybe just in your talk and you've become sloppy about the way you talk about the Lord. And you can throw an oh my God in basically whenever you want because you're not thinking about God's glory. You're not thinking about his name. Guilty. He will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in, in vain. It's important. It's important because God's word says it's important. And I've quoted my grandmother before. She was a praying lady. She prayed for me very much when she died. I lost a great prayer warrior. But she said some things that were a little bit goofy too. 
Um, and one of the things she used to say to us as kids was, um, sticks and stones may break your bones. Anybody know the rest of the sentence? But names will never hurt you. The first half of the statement might be true. A stick or a stone might break your bones. But the second half of the line is not true at all. Names hurt. You've been called names. And you know what it's like when somebody says something about you and how hurtful that is. And yet God gives us the warning, don't take my name in vain. Don't take my name in vain. There are consequences that come when we take the name of the Lord in vain. As a man thinks, so is he, the Bible says. In Matthew 7, 20 to 23, it says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, calling the name, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, again the name. Did we not prophesy in your name? And cast out demons in your name? And do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Watch your mouth. Watch how we talk about God. Watch that we be people of God who are seeking to lift up the name. In Isaiah 9 and verse 6 it says, um, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's how you use the name. In Matthew 1, 21, um, and you shall call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. There's no other name under heaven by which you must be saved. And in Philippians chapter 2, there's some things about using the name of Jesus and what that name means in Philippians 2, 5 to 10. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, and being formed in likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore... God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Is it any wonder that the world takes the name of Jesus Christ and use it as a curse word over and over and over and over again? One day, one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess the name of Jesus Christ as Lord. Those aren't just verses for the Christians. Those great verses for the Christians. I'm looking forward. On my face before the Lord, you are God, you are in heaven, you did an amazing work for me. That's gonna be, a, for us, that's fantastic. It's going to be an awesome day when we bow the name and cry out the name, Jesus Christ is Lord. 
But scores and scores and scores of people are going to admit that Jesus Christ is Lord and be separated from God in a place that's called hell for eternity because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess about the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, church, watch your mouth. If you're here today and the name of Jesus Christ has been a neutral thing for you or a curse word for you, you need to consider the claims of who Jesus Christ is. And we believe that man was separated from God by sin and we couldn't fix it. There was nothing we could do about it. We couldn't get in back in relationship with him. I can't be good enough to get over the hurdle of God's righteousness that was there before me. And it was only through the finished work of Jesus Christ, hanging on a cross, shedding his blood, being the right and righteous and only payment for my sin that I could be saved And I take my trust from who I am and who I think I am and what I think I can do and I put my trust in Jesus Christ alone. And then I am saved. Except the fact I'm a sinner, I'm separated from God, there's nothing I can do with it. I accept the fact that God sent his son to be the propitiation, the right and righteous payment for my sin. I turn in repentance from what I believed in before, what I thought I could do, what I thought I could accomplish. I understand that's filthy rags. It's getting me nowhere. And I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. He offers me the free gift of salvation in his son, Jesus Christ. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone, everyone to his own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all on Jesus Christ. God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus, this is the day of salvation. It's all about the seriousness of this name and why we don't take it for granted because there's salvation in no one else except through the name of Jesus Christ. And you can believe, and today you can be saved. But church, that same truth is the foundational reason why we watch our mouth. Because it's all focusing towards who God is and what he's accomplished to it. And I'm not afraid to say the name Jesus. I'm not afraid to say the name, oh Lord. I'm not a, but, but God help me, God help us to only and always do it for his honor and for his glory and for his fame. The name. Revelation 20, 14 and 15 says, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name, if anyone's name was not found written in the book, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Where's your name written? And how are you acting and living as a result of God's glorious work in us? Well, so what? There's four words on your page. Revelation, 
The revelation is clear. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. That's the revelation. The confrontation. How have you been doing with that? Have you been sloppy with the way you talk about the Lord? Have you been accepting about the way other people in the church talk about the Lord? Have you ever made any kind of a stand for the name of the Lord? But if you're here today and you found yourself, and if you were to be honest with yourself and doing the inventory of your life over the last week, or as you've been sitting here, somebody's been nudging you a little bit, going, you do that, you do that, you do that. What's the instruction? Well, the instruction is simple. Stop. Stop. Start thinking about who God is and what God did for you and, and guard your mouth and guard your tongue and guard your heart. But ask yourself, why do those things come up and what's it revealing about my heart? And get it right. But stop. Because what's the transformation? The transformation is not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. No other gods. No other gods. I'm not going to make any images. I'm not going to bring God down to my box size. God on the mantle. And I'm going to guard my mouth. I'm going to guard my lips. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about God so that he gets the fame and he gets the glory. The message for the church today is watch your mouth so that God gets the glory and the fame out of the things that we say, out of the way we live, the things we do for the glory of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the way, Lord, that you take your word and you use it in us and you convict us. Lord, we need to be so careful about how we talk about you. What's the big deal? It's a big deal to you, Lord. And so it better be a big deal to us. But Lord, in my heart, start in my heart, God, are the things that come out are a revealer of what's going on inside. And if I can flippantly talk about you, it's because I don't understand who you are and I haven't taken grasp of how awesome you are in your creation and in your sustaining and in your salvation and in your keeping of me. That's true for all of us, Lord. Teach us to be people of God who don't need this warning because we ascribe to you the fame and the glory that you deserve. And we honor you because the finished work of Jesus Christ, the Lord. So would we, the people of this church, be people who watch our mouths so that Jesus Christ is exalted, the name that is above every name. We pray these things in the name of our Savior.